take your Bible, turn to Matthew 28, Matthew chapter 28 today, and we're going to get started this morning, and hopefully uh, we'll have plenty of time for our lesson, and then as we move into our service this morning, we want to greet those that are going to be with us today, and so if you have your Bibles, let's go to Matthew 28 today, and I'm going to veer off from our, our series that we've been doing, uh, An Authentic Christian, and today... We're going to focus on what today is really all about in the Sunday school hour, of course, and then in the service to follow. But I want to, I want to just bring out something that the Lord kind of brought to my heart this week. And I've entitled the lesson this morning, Resurrection Reminders. Resurrection Reminders. And a lot of times in life, we need reminders. How many of you have used in your life sticky notes? Yeah. Uh, how many of you use maybe your iPhone or your iPad or something like that to remind you about things, right? And all of us have various ways. Uh, you know, back in the day, uh, Brother Gilbert said they used to tie a piece of string to their finger, all right? And uh, yeah, they used to all kinds of things just to help remember. And uh, whatever it is, and my, you know, my staff, they make fun of me because they say, Pastor, you use sticky notes. Well, I do because... They're bright colors, and they usually get my attention. Now, there was a day you'd come into my office, I might have 20 or 30 of them in there, but now I've, I've got it down. If you walk in now, you might find about two or three. But nonetheless, I use things to remind me. And when we think about this, this uh, matter of the resurrection, look what the Bible says here this morning as we think about the resurrection, Matthew 28 and the first eight verses, all right? The Bible says, in the end of the Sabbath... As it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulcher. Behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. His countenance was like lightning, and his raiment white as snow, and for fear of him, the keepers did shake and began, became as dead men. And the angel answered and said unto the women, Fear not ye, for I know that ye seek Jesus, which was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen. As he said, Come, see the place where the Lord lay, and go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he goeth before you into Galilee. There shall ye see him. Lo, I have told you. And they departed quickly from the sepulcher with fear and great joy, and did run to bring his disciples word. That's a great portion here. As a matter of fact, uh, you find similar passages in all four of what we call the gospel records, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And this is a morning, not just today for us, but as we just read in Matthew 28, it's a morning when Christians, God's people, celebrate the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ from the dead. Now, a lot of people, and I, I know that that's the way I am, a lot of times we refer to this as Resurrection Sunday. Uh, can I tell you that today is not about the Easter bunny and it's not about Easter eggs, although that's uh, a lot of times the focus, commercialization, and so on. But Resurrection Sunday is, is a day to celebrate the fact that our Lord Jesus Christ rose from the dead on that first resurrection morning, that first resurrection Sunday. And with that in mind, 
I want you and I to, to maybe go, as some of us were privileged, maybe a week or so ago, we actually made our way uh, into the area where the tomb that they believe was the actual tomb where Jesus, where his body was placed after the crucifixion of our Lord. And, and I want to go there this morning in our mind's eye and with the Word of God, and I want you to see this morning some reminders that God sent a messenger, the word angel, the word angel given in the original language is the word angelos, and what angelos means is messenger. Remember, angels were sent by God. So here that morning, these women, these saints of God, they went to the tomb of Jesus, and when they arrived there, they met a messenger. God had sent them a messenger, and this messenger gave them some reminders. Now, back in those days, there were no sticky notes, all right? But I want you to see, look again in verse number 5, 6, and 7 in this chapter. Look what the angel said unto the women. Fear not ye, for I know that ye seek Jesus, which was crucified. He is not here. For he is risen, as he said, come, see the place where the Lord lay, and go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he goeth before you into Galilee, there shall ye see him, lo, I have told you. Now I want you to see this morning, because the angel <clears throat> was sent by God, to help these women, and again, it was just because these women were the ones that had gone to the garden tomb, that these saints, as we'll call them, they were believers in Christ. The angel was helping them to overcome the greatest obstacle of their life, and here it is, unbelief. Now remember, they're saints. You ever had a moment in your life after you got saved that you struggled with faith? All of us have. Jesus said to his disciples on more than one occasion, O ye of little faith. Sometimes this matter of believing becomes an obstacle for us. Now certainly they believed Jesus was the Son of God. They had believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. But they were struggling with the fact, even though he said to them that he would rise, it had been three days. Jesus was in the tomb, and they were struggling. I don't know what it is today, but I, no doubt in a crowd this size, there's probably something you're struggling with. Something that maybe the Lord is testing your faith. And God sent a messenger to help and his message inspired, and listen, this morning, God's given us his message, his word. And I know, I know this for a fact, there's many times where my faith might be small and I might be weak because of the flesh, but God's message, God's word always inspires me. And that morning at the tomb, those saints of God, they were inspired by the message of this angel. And I want, to see, I want you to see this morning 
as we think about some of these reminders, what did he remind them about? Well, the first thing he reminded them of was the past. He reminded them of the past. Now, I want you to think about this because when you think about the reminders, look in verse number five again. Here's what the Bible says. And the angel answered and said unto the women, Fear not ye, for I know that ye seek Jesus. What's those last three words? Which was crucified. What is he reminding these, these, these women, these believers in Christ, what is he reminding them of? He's reminding them of the crucifixion. Certainly, listen, they remembered, they hadn't forgotten all that Jesus went through, all the, 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 the torture and all the shame and the humiliation and Jesus hanging there on the cross for their sins, they hadn't forgotten. It was still fresh in their minds, but he reminded them of how Jesus had given his life for them. Now, certainly these women had been there and they didn't need a reminder. John records in John 19, there stood by the cross of Jesus, his mother and his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Cleopas and Mary Magdalene. Now, why did Jesus die on the cross? Why, why would this angel remind them of something that, listen, to the average person was a bad thing? All that Jesus went through on Calvary, all that he suffered, why would, why would this angel remind them of this? Well, here's why. Because Jesus' death on the cross provided the needed sacrifice that every sinner would need in order to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. The angel was reminding them that if they were ever going to be right with God, if they were ever going to have a home in heaven someday, that they would need to remember the sacrifice. Folks, look, I know a lot of times we don't want to dwell on it, and I understand that unlike many today, Jesus is no longer on the cross. He's with the Lord today. But can I remind you of what the prophet Isaiah said many years before Calvary when he recorded these words, surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. And the chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Isaiah said, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. You know what Jesus took upon himself when he died on that cross? Your sins and mine. And Isaiah was reminding us and really prophesying Many years before Jesus went to Calvary, and that day as they went to the garden tomb, on that first resurrection Sunday, the angel reminded them of the past. The writer of the book of Hebrews said this, 
almost all things are by the law purged with blood. And without shedding of blood is no remission. Jesus himself, you know, many times talked about that he would give his life. John later on recorded in 1 John 1 that the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. Aren't you glad for the blood of Jesus? And folks, listen, as they were there at the tomb that day, although it was something that maybe they wanted to try to block out of their minds, maybe it was something that they wanted to forget about, the angel of God, the messenger said, look, you need to be reminded of the past. Be reminded of how that Jesus became the sacrifice for our sin. But not only did the angel remind them of their past, but the angel reminded them of the present. Look in in chapter 28 again in Matthew. Look what the Bible says here in verse number 6 at these words. As verse 6 begins, look at I love these four words. He is what? He's not here. He's not here. I mean, it's almost like the angel was saying, look, you're here at his tomb, but guess what? He's not here. He's risen. I mean, this is the greatest proclamation that has ever fallen on human ears. Is I, I don't know what you came here looking for, but guess what? He is not here. Uh, he is risen, as he said. His death, somebody said, was the perfect, eternal payment for sin. His resurrection was God's receipt for the full amount. Folks, look, listen. A dead Savior can save no one. But a risen Savior, a living Savior, can offer salvation to all that come to Him by faith. Do you know that Jesus still saves today? I mean, I think about the wonderful fact that the Bible says in Hebrews 7.25, He is able also to save them that to, to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing that he ever liveth to make intercession for them. You remember when Jesus was on the cross, and there were about seven sayings that he said while he hung on the cross. One of those sayings holds a lot of, of endearment to me, and it is the saying when Jesus said, It is what? Finished. He's talking about salvation's plan. And when I think about what Jesus did for us when he rose from the dead, I don't find this in scripture, but maybe I can just think about this on my own is, I believe that when he rose from the dead, God the Father said, I am satisfied. You see, Jesus became the propitiation for our sins, the satisfaction for our sins, yours and mine. And Jesus, when he rose, what did he do? He proved that he was who he claimed to be. Remember what he said in John 11? He was talking to Martha. And remember Martha and Mary, they had a brother named what? Lazarus. Remember they loved, kind of an unusual family because sisters loving their brother, right? And remember the conversation because Lazarus had died. And the Bible says that Jesus says unto Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though, look at the words, though he were dead, 
yet shall he live. Folks, listen, you and I, according to the word of God, we were dead in our trespasses and sins. Every one of us, you know what we deserve? Hell. But you know, because of what Jesus did, that's the present is that Jesus saved us from our sins. We are saved by the grace of God. And now that Jesus has risen, listen, now he can declare that he has victory over death. I love the book of Revelation for many reasons, but one of the verses I love is Revelation 1.18. Look at it there in your notes. Jesus says, I am he that, notice the word, liveth and was dead. And behold, I am alive for how long? Forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys of hell and death. See, now that Jesus has risen from the dead, Jesus can, can clearly say that I have won the victory. But listen, for us as Christians, like those women at the, at the tomb that day, you and I also can look to him by faith and you and I can be confident in the fact that he has the power to save. Look at the Bible records in Acts 16. They said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. And notice this passage says, and thy house. So look, what was this messenger? What was the angel reminding them? He was reminding them of the past, of the crucifixion, the, the sacrifice of God's own dear son. And he reminded them on that resurrection day about the present, why Jesus came, that he could satisfy the just demands of a holy God. But look what I also see. Thirdly, he reminded them of the promise. Go back to verse 6. The Bible says, he is not here, for he is risen. Notice these three words, as he said. Now, can I remind you of who the he is? God's own dear son. God cannot lie. And whatever God says, folks, we can take great value in what the Lord has said. And he reminds them of the promise. And I think about the promise of his resurrection. Listen, folks, when Jesus rose from the dead, it shouldn't have surprised them at all. Matter of fact, they should have expected it because that's what he said that he would do all along. Look at John 2, 19. Jesus said, destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. I remember they had a hard time with that one because they said, wait a minute, it took all these years to build this temple and you're going to tell us that you're going to put it up in three days? And the Bible says this spake he of his body. He wasn't talking about some stones. He wasn't talking about a new temple or, a, or, or some type of a building. He was talking about his body. The Bible says in Matthew 16, 21, from that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples. Notice what it said. He was showing the believers, the followers of Christ. This wasn't unsaved people. The Bible says he began to show unto his disciples how he must, he must go into Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and chief priests and scribes, and be killed and be raised on what day? On the third day. How about John 10, 17? Jesus said these words, Therefore doth my Father love me, because I lay down my life 
that I might take it again. Jesus says, look, I will gladly give my life, but I have the power. See, I love the promise that is made here. The resurrection shouldn't have caught them off guard. Look here, the truth is, these Christians of this day should have been holding a, a special service right outside the tomb. That when Jesus came forth, they should have been there to greet him. But remember, they were suffering from unbelief. But the angel reminded them. He reminded them of the past, and he reminded them of the present, and he reminded them of the promise that he would rise just as he said he would. But notice, I want to see a fourth promise, a fourth thing that he, he tells them or reminds them of. Notice he reminded them of the proof, of the proof. Go back in verse number six again. He's not here, for he is risen, as he said, Come, see the place where the Lord laid. I remember as we were there in the Holy Land, and we made our way, and I knew where we were heading. I knew we were in the area, and while they were still talking, I probably shouldn't have done this, but I slipped away from the group. I wanted to get to the tomb before the entire group came because I knew that everybody would be crowding around it and I wouldn't be able to get any pictures. I wouldn't have time to be reflecting without all the noise. And I remember as I got there and I saw the opening, I looked in and guess what? It was empty. There was no body in there. I love the fact that when we finally got to go in and we were in there and I spent some time, took a few photos, that as we were walking out right on the door, as you're heading out the tomb entrance, it says, he is not here, he is risen. <laughs> and I was thinking about this proof, how the angel, here's these saints of God and they come to the tomb on that resurrection day and the angel gives them an invitation go ahead look for yourselves look inside you remember that as the women left and they went back and they got Peter and John remember that and they said look you've got to come and see while we were there our our, our guide was telling us and again I, I imagine it's close but he was telling us that the stone that they would roll in front of this tomb he said they approximate the stone weighed about 440 pounds. There was, a, I guess I would call it a, a channel or a trough or something like that, that they would hand chisel, that they would put this, this huge stone in it, and they would roll it back and forth in front of the opening of this. They said that it would, they estimate that it would take about 12 men to move this stone. And here these ladies come on that resurrection morning. They come to the tomb and, and they, the, the angel tells them, hey, look, he's not here. And they went and got Peter and John. Remember the, uh, the one account of how they, 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 they made their way to the tomb. And remember that, that John got there and he stopped and he looked in. But Peter, remember, Peter ran past John and ran inside. I think I'd be a Peter. I think I'd have to just go on in there myself and look. It's interesting that when they got there and they looked in, remember what they saw? 
they saw the grave clothes. And they saw the napkin. The Bible records that the napkin was folded in a place all by itself. Now, there was ways, custom ways, that they would oftentimes prepare a body. You have to remember this is uh, under Jewish custom of the day, and they still practice some of these customs even in this day and hour. But a lot of times what they would do is they would put the body in a place like the tomb of Joseph, and they would actually prepare the body, and they would leave it there many times for the period of about a year. And decomposition would set in, and then they would come back maybe a year later, and they would remove the bones, and then they would, they would have the remainder of the, the burial for that person. And so it was really the, the tomb sometimes was a holding place. And as they went there that day, they began to see the proof. And, and as they got there, they, they, what they saw again was those grave clothes, and they saw that napkin that was folded there, and it's interesting when you think about it because if somebody would have gone and taken the body of Jesus, now just think with me for a minute. If they would have taken the body of Jesus, stole, remember how they set up a watch? Because they, were, they heard Jesus say that he was going to rise. Isn't it interesting that the unsaved people, I think in some instances, believed it more than even the saints of God, because they set up a watch to make sure Jesus didn't get out. Now, we know that no grave can hold him. But, it's, but as they, they went and they saw the grave clothes, they would take these, these linen cloths and they would wrap the body, the, the deceased body, and there were times where they would place a napkin over the head. Now, if somebody went and stole the body of Jesus, think about this, they wouldn't take the time to unwrap the body, right? And certainly, if they, if they wanted to remove the napkin, they wouldn't have taken the time to fold it up neatly and place it right there by itself separately. Is everybody with me this morning? I think I'm thinking logically this morning. So I'm sitting there thinking to myself, what is this all about? Well, it's kind of interesting, and again, I don't know if this is actual, but I see here the scene that they come upon. They look inside the tomb, and you know what they saw was they saw perfect order. I think it's a clear indication that a resurrection had taken place. And then I thought about that napkin. I just couldn't get past that. And I found as I was studying that there was an ancient, and may still be practiced today, but there was an ancient custom with this napkin. When a man that had servants was eating a meal, he would often use his napkin to signal to his servants during the course of the meal. If he left the table and he took his napkin and he wadded it up, and he left it, that meant that he was finished with the meal and he was not coming back. But if he took the napkin and he folded it up neatly, it meant, don't take my plate, I'm coming back. That's interesting, and again, I don't believe I'm reading into it, but I think in a way, 
that this goes right along with what Jesus had been telling his disciples. If I could put it into our terminology today, Jesus may have said, I may be out of your sight right now, but I'll be right back. Don't go away. I will be coming back. And when they arrived at the tomb, I mean, maybe Peter and John, maybe they feared the worst. Maybe they thought robbers had come and maybe they thought that the Jews or someone had taken the body of Jesus. Remember, even Mary missed it. Remember, she, the gardener, as she thought, the gardener was there. And then she heard the gardener say her name, Mary. And she knew that it was Jesus. You see, I find the angel, he reminded them of the proof. But I don't want you to miss the last one. Every one of these reminders is very special. But the last one I want you to see, he reminded them of the plan. You say, plan? There was a plan? Absolutely. God had a plan all along. Look at chapter 28, verse number 7. Because the angel said, see the place where the Lord lay and go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he goeth before you into Galilee where there you shall see him. Lo, I have told you. And they departed quickly from the sepulcher with fear and great joy and did run to bring his disciples' word. You know what God's plan was? God's plan was that they would see, that they would believe, and that they would go and tell everyone about it. And you know what God wants for us to do today? God wants us to remember the past, what Jesus did for us. God wants us to remember the present, how that Jesus still saves. God wants us to remember the promise that, listen, Everything that Jesus has said, he will make his promises good. God wants us to remember the proof, listen folks, that Jesus has risen, but God has a plan for us to remember. And you know what God's plan is? That every one of us, having experienced a resurrection moment, every one of us who know Christ as our Savior, that every one of us will go and tell the world that Jesus is alive, that Jesus can save. And it's so important that we do. And I love, I love their obedience because it says again in verse number 8, they departed quickly. That's what the angel told them. Hey, listen, make haste. Go now. Don't wait another minute. Folks, all of us know someone that does not know Christ as their Savior. And God says, while there is still time, every one of us need to do it. Now listen, a lot of times there's mixed emotions. Can you imagine what was going through their minds and what was going through their hearts? As the angel says, look, he's not here. They see the grave close and they realize what's taken place. And that's why I want you to look again at verse number 8, because the Bible says in verse number 8, they departed quickly from the sepulcher, notice, with fear and what? Great joy. Now look here, fear. Reverential awe of what God has done 
Is not His grace amazing? And because of the grace of God, it should cause us to have great joy to go and tell others what Jesus has done. Aren't you glad? Listen, those women that day at the, at the tomb, that resurrection morning, they were reminded of some things, but aren't you glad that God has recorded it in His Word that today you and I can be reminded? We can be reminded of the past. We can be reminded of the present. We can be reminded of His promises. We can be reminded of the proof. But certainly, God's left us here that we need to be reminded of His plan to tell others about Jesus. Let's pray this morning. Lord, thank You for this day. Thank You for the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank You for His power to save. And Lord, we who have experienced that resurrection power, Lord, may we share it with this world that is lost and dying without Christ. Bless the service to follow. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.